0: Not be that smart, and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view
1: from the Ninian, with views from the Ninian, not shoes from the Ninian. The view from the Ninian. Welcome to the view from the Ninian, sponsored by Terrace Badger. Terrace Badger started in 2022, and they create great custom-designed T-shirts based on football clubs and songs sung on terraces. We're proud to partner with a locally-run business, and you can get 15% off at terracebadger.com with the code VFTN15. Welcome to another episode of The View from the Ninian, as sponsored by Terrace Badger. Uh, you heard the intro, VFTN15. Go and spend your money on the Terrace Badger website. Their hats are delightful. We've all got one, and we love it. Um, joining me, as always, on The View from the Ninian, Ben Price, Tom Phillips. Ben Price, happy New Year. Happy same old Cardiff City Day. Yeah, New Year,
0: same old shit, isn't it? Um, same old shit indeed. Uh, Tom, go on, Ben. As I say, the rest of you started off well. Cardiff just brought it back down with a thud, didn't they? The optimism yeah. went by midday. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a terrible start. We'll get onto that
1: in a bit. But Tom, do you share the same feeling as me and Ben?
2: No, I'm I'm, I'm remaining positive. We've only lost one game this year so far, so you know, you've, got to, you've got to look at the positive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before we get on to
1: that game, we have to talk about the, the Twixtmas games. Uh, Boxing Day against QPR. A few days later against Coventry. Who knows what day it was. Time becomes a bit of a mess at that point. Uh, ben, it was pretty toothless against QPR. Um, neither team really set the world on fire. Are there anything, any positives you take from that game? Obviously, we saw Colwell start. Was there any anything that you would like to take from that game as a
0: positive? Uh. Defense looked all right. O'Dowda solved the issue at left back, didn't he? Um, yeah, he started starting to really sort of solve a problem there. That was a positive. Other than that, it was, him, just, it was just a nothing event, wasn't
1: it? Does him solving a problem at left back then mean that we then lose an attacking strength of O'Dowda? We need to solve a problem further up the pitch because against Blackburn, he seemed to be everywhere on the pitch. Obviously, we will talk about the Blackburn game, but he's strong everywhere. But it takes away something up from the top top half of the pitch,
0: doesn't it? When he plays in defense. Yeah, you're losing a lot of quality going forward. Um, he's been our best performing winger, um, but that isn't much of a compliment with some of the players like Ojo the way they've performed so far this season. Um, yeah. But yeah, you are right. You do lose a lot if he's got, going forward with him, if he's playing a left back, but I just don't trust Conku and like just having someone that can actually defend there has made a bit of a difference. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Tom, against...
1: UPR, our two best chances fell to the marionette puppet himself, Keanu Tete. Um, what did you make of the chances? The second one, he blazed wide. The first one,
2: he put just wide. Um, You could have done better with the first one. Could have done better with the second one. Possibly. But I think this sums up kind of how Tottenham's performances are that we clutched to these sorts of chances. Um, What we created very little. The first half was one of the worst halves of football yes. I've seen in a long time from both sides. Um, and second half, I thought we improved second half. I thought we were okay. But, you know, I, normally you look at these games and you go, our point against QPR isn't too bad. But the problem is every game we look at, it's, oh, a point against them isn't too bad. And that's all we're getting. So yeah. it becomes a little bit more worrying. But I think like the, the BBC report, like the, the first sentence in it is, like Cardiff and QPR settle for a point piece in a forgettable nil nil draw. And that just sums it up. It was completely forgettable. I had to kind of watch the highlights again now to remind me. I watched this are. morning as well. I was like, what happened in that game? And it turns out nothing. Um, yeah, it's just it sums up a lot of our games. It's just a drag where we don't look like getting a win out of it.
1: Uh, talking about other forgettable games, Ben Price. Coventry was just a few days after QPR. Um, even more forgettable, really, was it than the the, the QPR game?
0: It was mind-numbing, wasn't it? <laughs> it yeah. was two yeah. really poor sides, really, really blunt. Although I will say, I think we did a really good job silencing um, Gokerez. Like, yeah. Like, he's a yeah. good striker. He's going to be in demand in January. We kept that, like, Kipper and Engie did very well keeping him quiet. So, that is something very positive to take out of it that we look shaky because I think a few weeks previous, he would have somehow popped up with something very simple. And we seem to have cut a couple of mistakes out there. It's quite it's quite telling, though, isn't it, Ben, that that's the thing we have to take from this
1: game is that I, I know it's good that we defended well, but it's it's it, that's the most
0: positive thing we can think of is that we kept a striker relatively quiet. Yeah, the best. But the, the best thing that happened in that game for us was that they didn't score. Yeah, it's a really, really poor and sort of damning sight, indictment of where we are. Um, Tom,
1: despite keeping Gakere's quiet, they they still had some chances. Uh, again, rewatched the highlights this morning, um, and it, it was largely them with the best chances. Were we lucky to get a point from that game, or do you think a point was a fair reflection on things?
2: I think we were lucky first half. I thought we we couldn't again, created nothing going forward. We were fairly solid at the back, but they did have a couple of chances where they probably should have done better with it. I think, like I think a win for them would have been harsh. Um, but I think we can still count ourselves a little bit lucky in that game. Um, but you know, when they've got the quality like lockers up front, and we and we don't concede a goal, it you know it's decent. But the problem is at the moment, that looks like the only way we get points is nil nil draws because you you know we concede a goal, and as a general feel, went oh well, that's it, then that's done. You know, because we concede first and we don't get back into games. Um, yeah. But you know, again, like I said in the last game, a point there in that fixture on the isolated isn't a bad point to get but it's worrying when it's combined with others but yeah I think we should hold on to the, how solid we have at the back of the moment I think that's the one real positive we've got because we are creating nothing so again a lot of you know a, you know, play coming at us and we are staying pretty resilient so I think the one thing we've got is you know we have got a, a solid defence Odowd is back into is great I think we could put him anywhere on the pitch and he'd do a job that's the problem if we could clone O'Dowder and you it's, know have a team of eleven O'Dowders, it'd be fantastic. I think it's so
1: it's so funny, isn't it? Because I think I think O'Dowder's probably been our most consistent and best performer this season. Really, if you think of the consistency he's brought to the team, and 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 you know the, the fact he's being asked to play three or four positions at times is 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 stunning. But in the summer, there was palpable disappointment that we'd signed O'Dowda. People were like, "Oh my God, he's rubbish for Bristol." He'd had like. You know, and I, I'm not, you know, I, I'd quote statistics, but I think he'd had a, a goal and an assist in the previous few games, you know, 100 appearances or whatever it was. But without him this season, without him and Robinson, we'd be absolutely screwed. Without O'Dowd at the start of the season, we'd have been screwed because he had, what, three goals and assists in the first three games. He was making everything tip.
0: He hasn't assisted since... Uh, when... Oh, you're going to tell me he's rubbish now. <laughs> no, it's since, since the Wigan game. He's not assisted. It's uh, the 8th of October. He's not assisted. Which I just think is mental, um, and sort of because... shows again just how we're just not tucking stuff away. Because it's not like he hasn't created anything. He was putting some balls into that box against uh, Blackburn. We'll go like Blackburn yeah. now, and if they were in perfect positions and showed exactly what the issue is that Gnome was on the end of those. Like he yeah. was putting balls in there. Same with Wintle. There were some passes that he played, especially that were unbelievable. And actually, with the winter pass, the only person that was in the box was a doubter who was at the time playing left wing back. Yeah. And we had and two were, strikers on the pitch.
1: There were times that he was playing left wing back, but he'd pop up at right back, and then he'd pop up at uh, left wing. It, it was nuts, really. Let, let's talk about the Blackburn game, Ben. Obviously, it's the one that's freshest in our mind. Um, a, another game, another scoreless performance for us. But this time, we actually conceded a goal. We could talk about the goal in a little bit. But... My overriding feeling about that game then was it was an awful pitch
0: and it was matched with an awful performance. Yeah, um, yeah, I tweeted about it. Looking like the pitches I play on in Rodriguez Park in Newport, um, it was horrendous. How quickly that turned up. Um, yeah, it was just, but it just it summed up the game. It just made a terrible game even worse because the ball was sticking a little bit. You couldn't really knock the ball about the way we sort of try to. I would say we like to, but we just try to do it at the moment. Um, It was, yeah, just added to it. We we had enough, we struggle enough without that slight handicap. I think it just made the problems 10 times worse and just, yeah. Why Sky picked that for a 12 o'clock kickoff to start a new year of their football coverage? I have no idea, mind. I was going to say, I mean, when you think about the fans, I think there was there was
1: talk of there were a lot of straight through crews that I saw on Twitter, which you know, all all, all power to. Um, I respect. saw, uh, yeah, full respect. I, I would embrace it myself if I, I had the the heart for it anymore. Um, four a.m. was some of the earliest pickups I saw. Generally, sort of four twenty at places like Barry. Um, Tom, why couldn't they have just picked a normal game? To, to I don't I don't know who else played yesterday, but it must have been closer matchups uh, than than us versus fucking Blackburn.
2: It's mad because like we're the two two out of the bottom three teams who expected goals this season. We're boring teams to watch. The amount of airtime we've had over Christmas is bizarre. Because we are a- Coventry Bristol would have probably been better or Blackpool Sunderland. Anything would have been better. And like you said, it's cruel to the fans because it's a long way to go as well. You know, 12 o'clock start, if you're playing someone who's 30 miles down the road is fine. You know, it still might be a push after New Year's Eve, to be fair. But like Blackburn is just, it's just absolutely cruel. I know to put, and even to put any Sky viewers through that is cruel as well. And it was a proper Sunday league game, wasn't it? It was a total from start to finish. Like, I think we dragged them down to our, I know they've been inconsistent this year, to say the least. But like, we they we they were poor. We were poor. I was on I was on a, a weekend away, and I decided to watch this on my phone while sat in a park in Paris. And I was like, "What the fuck am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute life check. Um, But uh, it was just a bad game, and it's just worrying from our point of view. Like I looked on BBC's like feed as well, and Andy Legg just kept saying about the lack of movement up front yeah and that kind of just set like when you're saying we're putting balls into the box we are getting nowhere near any of them we didn't look like creating anything and that's a worrying thing we've got players there who, you know who should be able to move about and it, it's just it just looks completely disjointed and... well I think I think I text that
1: Um, just before half time, basically saying that Callum Robinson had been anonymous and he's obviously key to a lot of what we do but I don't know what role he was meant to be playing because on on the on the mob lineup he's in like that 10 just behind the strikers he didn't seem to get beyond the penalty like the spot really beyond into the penalty box he just seemed to be floating
0: around in the middle and not really doing anything Ben. He played the position he played when Atate was playing and Tettie sort of held the ball up and sort of Robinson ran on ahead of him, to sort of that. And that's what he liked. Him. That's what you got the best out of him at West Brom. And it worked then. It definitely worked. Um, it isn't going to work when you're playing alongside Mark Harris, who I still think is a winger, not a striker. Mm. Um, you need someone, you've got two players doing very similar roles and neither of them did it particularly well, to be honest. I think that's the worst game Robinson's had, apart from the Jacks game um where he got sent off um just it's just three minutes yeah yeah it's just one of those things you just I, I the tactics and the setup didn't make sense it felt like we went well this sort of worked all right and i think attack and robinson playing up together i quite like the idea of that sort of partnership um i think it, it it's an option we've got but you can't then do the same thing when what's mark harris five eight five nine. yeah as yeah. opposed to attack who's six foot uh six six foot plus you, 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 they're very different players you can't play the same system it was very naive from the management to sort of set up that way and it just showed that we didn't create anything because neither of them knew what role to, what they were doing
1: uh i'm looking at the FOTMOB mob stats tom um it says we had three shots on target out of 11 shots i i watched the whole game i struggled to remember any meaningful chances we created in that game um I, I think, Ben, you, you've already referenced one of the crosses that was put into O'Dowd that he just couldn't get on the end of. I, th- I felt like that was the closest we got to scoring a goal. But, Tom, I mean, do you remember any meaningful chances that any of our players created, Tom?
2: No. I can't remember meaningful chances in the last three games, to be honest. I think three is probably the most shots on target we've had, right? Yeah. Like, we've been absolutely atrocious. You know, I thought... I think, like, against Poventry, I thought Matt Harris did all right at times of holding the ball up. Yeah. Into spaces but then it ends like we don't do anything in that final third we don't get anything into the box and and that's why it's so hard to watch sometimes you can forgive losing football games if you're creating stuff but we're not even giving ourselves a chance to win games at the moment and it's becoming it's keep becoming really really hard to watch us and you can see that in the numbers in the crowd you know and it's just, it's just a really worrying time because we are defensively all right at the moment, but we are paper thin. And we are a couple of injuries away from being in serious, serious trouble this season. And I think that's, you know, we've got some decent players up front on paper, but we've got no one in any sort of form. It And we've got huge games coming up. I'm sure we'll get on to that. Like, and we need to, we need to put some balls in the back of the net. Otherwise, we could be in real trouble in about a month's time.
1: And exciting it's news, Brentford
2: have gone 2-0 up against Liverpool.
0: Yeah. and we, we, we could be watching that but we're doing this we're
1: doing this and what, what <laughs> legends we are Ben No, carry, carry on with your point
0: um you sort of just look at bits so there's little bits you think like the improvements could be made like Colwell playing out on the left wing for me is like will has got a, a bunch of attributes that make him look like a really really exciting prospect but pace mm. is not one of them
1: mm.
0: and for, for you to stick him out there it's just completely wasted you're missing a golden opportunity to play. You've got someone who can play out on the wing in Robinson. Put Cole in the 10. It's it's simple things like that that I think just makes such a difference that would like at least provide a link and sort of change things up. Because it was what I'd say, what, three games worth of the same thing and nothing's really worked going forward. Yeah. Stick him in the 10. Because when he got the ball and he actually got time on it, you can see the quality there. He's well, the, a quality the te- qu- like
1: the, the telling thing for me about Cole was that when he was on, was that he was obviously meant to be playing wide, but he was having to come into almost like the four position to get the ball, to take it into space. Like, there's no point playing a player, like you say. there's no point playing a player like Cole if you're not going to get him on the ball. Put him on the wing demands much more of him than, say, put him in a 10 where he could float around come deep, take it forward, run with the ball, play it out wide, fall into gaps. You can't do that as a winger because you have to be quite rigid with your place. And it takes away all the kind of attributes that makes Colwell an exciting footballer, which is when he gets in front of goal, he's got a fucking wicked shot on him. But you can't do that from the wing. You can't do it because he's, he's beholden to crossing the ball. It just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. And it, it took so long for him to come on. And, I, you know, I mean, we let's talk about it now because the the, sub, the substitutions were confusing anyway, weren't they, Ben? I mean, he took Robinson off when Harris was already on a yellow card and Robinson is more dangerous, whichever way you want to see it than Harris really. And Robinson was rightly pissed off and it's just, it's so confusing at the moment, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It felt very much like thrown in the towel at that point. Um, you're one nil down and you're taking your biggest goal scoring threat off. And then you come out and say afterwards, well, he took a knock we need to save him for other games. Yeah. It's like, I don't like, I don't want to go into this sort of same thing of hammering Hudson because, we're going to come to it later. Like the issues at the club stem a lot deeper than Mark Mark Hudson and the way he's managed it, but he doesn't help himself with situations like that. He got it wrong. He came out after the, um, said that he got it wrong, but that substitution definitely summed up that he got it wrong because it just didn't. He was the only person I think, or their team, were the only people that thought that substitution made sense to me, and yeah, I still don't see how you can justify. Evan. It seems like a stats-driven sub, and I think. That's where the some sort of younger managers' Fowler stuff is. You look at this data, oh, his running's dropped off, his work rate's dropped, and with the tags, they monitor it constantly. You've got sports scientists sort of relaying back to – that's why you see, like, the assistants wearing the headpieces and stuff like that because they're constantly getting that data fed back to them. Yeah. And that's what it that sort of feels like to me is that was a stats-driven sub of, like, Mark Harris has run more, he's he's working harder, he stays on because we need to get Colwell on. That's the only way that comes from for me. Yeah, I, I agree um tom
1: skipping back a little bit um jack simpson was involved in two relatively big moments uh the first one was how do we say it a reducer um on a blackburn player um i think i heard the commentator say he was possibly bleeding from the groin after that jack simpson challenge (laughs) um was he lucky to stay on
2: yeah possibly i think it's one of those games where it felt like it was on a knife edge. It felt like it was gonna boil over at any and any moment. It didn't really quite get there. Um, and that was one of those moments that kind of contributed to it. I think on another day you could have seen red. I think I I think it would have been slightly harsh, but it was a, a big old tackle from him, to be fair. But big skip. old tackle on possibly some big tackle. We don't know. <laughs> um Give it back to like the substitution thing. I think this is a problem we've had for a while. I was looking at our QPR game again earlier on, and we only made two subs in that game. When we're at home, nil nil, we're frightened of losing games now as well. Yeah. I think that is the problem. We made two substitutions one, Mark Harris for Philogene on 67 minutes, and then Gavin White for Colwell on 83. How are we only making two subs in that game? I know oh, it probably because we look at the bench and we go, fuck all that, that doesn't help. But we were nothing was happening in that game. We need to win games at home and at the moment, I think Hudson is frightened, and I and that's the worrying sign for me. I think I, we're not we're not trying to win games now either. We're happy not to concede goals and maybe get something from it, and that is a dangerous, dangerous precedent to set
1: yeah, um, and then Tom Jack Simpson getting back to him, um he was involved with the goal as well um I mean. <laughs> you know, Blackburn probably deserved the win or, or more likely to take the win, but it was a cruel deflection,
2: wasn't it? It just sums it up again, doesn't it? It's like, even when we're doing all right, it's like little things like that, like a deflected goal come and hit us. Um, yeah. We would have been lucky to get anything from that game, but I don't think Blackburn were good enough for three points either. I think both of us should have been penalised and gone <laughs> nothing, nothing, somehow, because uh, it was an absolute dross to watch. But, you know... It, you kind of, when you're not creating stuff yourself, you invite problems like that onto yourself. Eventually, something like that's going to catch back up with you. So I've got no complaints, really. It's an unfortunate one, but kind of we kind of deserve it for just a lack of creativity and lack of endeavour.
1: And, and Ben, uh, to Tom's point around, the, you know, we probably deserve to lose the lack of endeavour, there was simply no reaction to the goal, was there? There was, uh, you no. know, it, there was no, no one trying to go, come on, boys, let's get them up. There was nothing, really. It was just... Yeah.
0: <sighs> that's where it gets really worrying. And that's sort of when I sort of looked at this and thought, fuck, we 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 we're really in trouble of going down here. That very much felt like a team sort of reaction in April yeah. of, of a team that knows they're relegated and it was the first of January. That's what it felt like. It just felt like fuck that we just have nothing here, boys. We're done. There was yeah. just no belief. Yeah. It was just it wasn't like it was just desperation of just shit we're done here there's nothing we can do i don't know what we're going to do you look at the bench they're going what do we do the whole club felt clueless of how to get back into this game and that's the issue isn't it the club at the moment the club feels clueless about how to win a game of football well
1: i mean hudson admitted so much in his press conference didn't he um i think tom <sighs> I think we talked on the podcast before about people like Harry Arteta who would just chase the ball out of out of out of you know off the pitch, boot it away, and everyone would go fucking yeah, that's what you want to see. I mean, I don't really want to see that, but when you go one 0 down, you want to see something, don't you? You want to see someone. You know, we had spent most of the game putting in hard tackles, but you want to see someone chasing the ball down. There just seemed to be the only person who looked like who wanted it was Colwell, Have we already discussed he was coming to get the ball? Apart from that, it, it, as Ben says, it just it, it feels like a lost cause already.
2: Yeah, it does. I think we're very lucky that there's a lot of other shit teams in the league. It's like I looked at the form tables the last five games, and we're actually only 18th in that. I thought we'd be lower because this year it's a poor, poor league. But like, again... Yeah, Terrible like, league. Like, you do just want... I know it's too simplistic to just have people running around, but you want to see reaction of some sort. You know, someone, you know, trying to G the players up. But, I, but the problem is, I think if you've got general apathy off the pitch, it will reflect back onto the pitch. And I'm not saying that fans should pick it up because why should we pick it up when the club is in the state it's in? And I think that's the worrying thing is that we haven't got that atmosphere to get the players going. We haven't got the players getting the atmosphere going. And it's just that vicious circle now that we're going to really struggle to get out of. And we've got a big few weeks ahead, but yeah, we're lucky. Like you look at that form table, Blackpool, Norwich, Birmingham, QPR, Rotherham and Wigan are doing worse than this. And I'm looking yeah. at it, how the fuck are people doing worse than this? But I suppose before that defeat, we were unbeaten and five was it so if you look at the positives we are scraping points here and there we just need to add a few wins to it because like that, that qpr game went by them not beating us they dropped out of the playoffs they're now down yeah
1: enough. yeah
2: so, you know it what? only takes is that little run i think that's what i'm holding on to at the moment is i think we are capable of stringing a few results together yeah we've only had back-to-back wins once this season but there's nothing stopping us winning two or three games on the bounce and pulling away from this but at i the think most- that we're going to get that run
1: i think yesterday at kickoff we were only eight points off the playoffs it's slightly more now obviously, because we lost and, and Millwall have won and all that kind of stuff but to be eight points off the playoffs in the position we're in shows how shite this league is this year and shows how you know we, we talked about it under when mitt mccarthy came in how a rally could really change things i'm not saying we're going to sack mark Hudson but if, if something was to change and we got a rally going we could if we went 10 games and beaten in terms of five or six wins four draws we'd be back up the table quite quickly it's just I just don't see that happening at the moment um Ben the, the final point was obviously we talked about Hudson he owned up to his errors in the post-match basically said that um his change of shape probably cost us the win um I mean it's 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 easy to say that in hindsight Ben but does that does that recognition comfort you does that give you some hope that he might recognize where he's going wrong and change it around
0: it's a nice change of pace. I don't think we've had a manager for a while that sort of holds his hands up and go, look, I got this one wrong. But we're in such a bad situation. This is not the time and the place to be getting stuff like that wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not like he's three weeks into this job now when he doesn't know his best. That he, well, he doesn't know his best level. That's part of the issue. But he should know we should be having a clear, defined system. The one thing I think a lot of people criticise Hudson for more than anything is not knowing a system when we came out of it, with at least Steve Morrison, the one thing, we, we might not be getting the results from him, but we had a system. We knew how we yeah. were playing. That seems to have evaporated very, very quickly. Um, And yeah, stuff like that coming out just doesn't fill you with confidence that he knows how to get out of this either. It's just... knows how to do anything. Just, <laughs> yeah, and he does. that. We spoke to him, we know he he's a very, very smart football man, but yeah, putting into practice into real life at the moment, I think seems very difficult for him, and I'm very worried because this is a difficult job. I think like you stick any manager in in this situation, they'd struggle. We've got a bloke that's managed five get before he came to us. He managed five games for Huddersfield and lost all five. Yeah. Um it's not. This is not an easy club to manage right now. Well, I think let's
1: let's talk about the manager question. Obviously, I think the la- the last couple of results have seen. I you know I think the the sentiment towards Hudson is is turning a little bit and I think we have to be honest about that I think there's people calling for his head there's people suggesting that Warnock is waiting in the wings to come back in for one more job I don't know how mad it is um Tom I was thinking about this earlier today I was just trying to play it out in my mind a couple of months ago when we sacked Steve Morrison we were an attractive proposition that any manager would come in we'd had an overhaul in the summer with a big, you know, good championship players had come in. We'd signed Callum Robinson just before the transfer window ended. We had a striker. We were a club that was kind of looking forward and looking to transition into that new period. Since then, Hudson's come in. We've gone backwards on the pitch in terms of results. We've dropped down the table or, or, you know, we've maintained our same position in the table. We're in a transfer embargo. And all of a sudden, the club looks slightly checkered and it doesn't look as rosy it once was. The main question here is, Tom, if we sack Hudson are we an attractive proposition to anyone anymore?
2: No, we had a few things over paper and over cracks. I'd say, I don't, I, I think if we dug deep on us as a club, we were never, completely for sure, a fully attractive proposition, but we were definitely more attractive back then. But yeah, why would you come into a place now where you're struggling? You can't go into a market, you know, like if people are mentioning Warnock, he loves to do, you know, go he needs the- transfers. Warnock only operates for transfers. Yeah, we, we can't do that now. Um, and I think as well, when we sacked Steve Morrison, they were, maybe a few options we could have gone for like Rob Edwards the timing was perfect he's now at Luton Stephen Schumacher your best friend I think you have a yep. the job. job um, he's still top of the league with Plymouth for this stage of the season in league one why would you leave that role to come to us Burnley are flying so there's no way that Bellamy is going to leave there and come to us I think even those like slim options I don't know if Bellamy ever was but like you know there was a chance. Even the ones where we had this, the slight chance of signing these managers, they ain't going to come to us now. And you look around, and there's there's not many managers out there, and and they're not going. And ones who are, like you know, building their career, why would they risk their reputation on a basket club like, well, you, uh, like case like us?
1: I know he's my best friend, but Stephen Schumacher is a prime example, isn't he? Like, if you're a good championship club, a, 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 a manager who is at I'm not saying Plymouth are a in and pangs, they're proving otherwise now. But at that point, people didn't expect them to have the longevity. If you're someone like Schumacher, you might go, right, I take my chance now with a an up, you know, a forward-facing championship club to move up the rungs and carry it on that way. But you're right. If we're looking at that top-level League One manager now, why would he come to us if we're in free-for all, Tom?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't come to us if we were offering five times our wages at the moment, because of the long-term damage, you've got to think long-term of this. And we've said this in the last podcast, every manager who's come to us has never hasn't really gone on to anything since us. Yeah. We, we seem to be the absolute killer of ambition. Um and it's just I think that's the worrying thing. Like we, we're not that attractive proposition we would have been three or four years ago. You know, we're a team who've had a hell of a lot of success in the last 15 years really, but there's not much of that in our future as it currently stands. Um and I do feel sorry for Hudson. I think that's I think that's the atmosphere around the club. I think everyone knows that he's probably not doing a good enough yeah. job to stay on. But it's not anger because we know that it's not fully his fault. And I think, like Ben Price, you you tweeted about that. I think we feel like he's out. You know, he's out of his depth. We're not angry at him, but he can't really stay on if it carries on like this. But then we've got no one to come in, and I think that that's that's the worrying thing, right? There's no way. It Doesn't seem to be an obvious way out of this. But I think it might. I think we said this last season as well that we benefited from teams being worse than this. And I think that's the only way that we're going to stay up this year is that there's teams worse than us in this league. And um, we've got to hold up to that. Ben,
1: let's talk about your tweet. Um, it did some numbers uh, over a hundred odd likes. Um, I saw your reaction to people suggesting that Warnock should be the right man to come in. Um, what, what's your take on it? You know, expand on your tweet for those who haven't seen it.
0: So I'll bring it now. It's probably easier to do it that way. Um, this too so relegation i tweeted relegation is happening with or without hudson he isn't the main issue the mismanagement of this club over the last 10 years has caused this short-term fix with a new manager uh, prolongs the inevitable with this lot in charge we'll be in league one at best and bankrupt at worst so you it's, it goes back to the same thing we've spoke about for years doesn't it and again it's it's highlighted by when we're saying you look at those managers available and we never even went out to look at them did we it was yeah. only the one option. And it wasn't like the club did it because it was a clear plan. They did it in the hope that Hudson would pull up trees, do a wonderful thing like Steve Morrison did, and sort of the fans would be clamoring for him to come on board. And that didn't really happen. And that's not Hudson's fault. But there's a lot of mess going on behind the scenes. Um, again, then you add the transfer embargo on top of that. It's just this is a multi layered I mean, shit show. Yeah. And it's only going to end in one way. And whether it's this year or next, or the year after that, I think with this regime in charge, like I'm not saying TAM has to go as owner, but I think there's people at the top that definitely have to go, that only seem to pop up when it suits them and suits their narrative, refuse to answer questions. Again, you look at the situation with the club, there's been no communication from any of them what's going on. They've sort of left Hudson out to dry. We're in, t- we're in a transfer embargo. We've been on talks about going, we're hopeful of getting this sorted, but it might not be in January. That's not good enough. The club knew about, again, we speak about it, the club knew about this embargo before it got announced to the press it's little bits like that they just add up and add up and add up and it's just the club's a basket case you can't be a basket case anymore and it's not a case oh we're struck like they'll try and trape oh we're changing styles and stuff like that you say, look at the job bernie have done i know they had a few more quid and but you look at them they've gone in with a plan of going right this management with this team yeah it all just they, they, they had a bigger picture. They know what they're going for. We don't. We just go from short term idea to short term idea and hope what sticks. Hope we stumble upon across something that's brilliant. We this situation could be avoided when Warnock left. There was no this, real plan. It's,
1: it's, it's really annoying because it felt like in the summer, Tom. That we knew we were good. we were we were building towards something. The Morrison project. We all talked about a project. We signed all these players. It was it was gonna be the, the the change from short-termism to long-termism. And it lasted what? Two months? You know, he signed a permanent contract in the summer. Obviously, he'd been there longer, but that whole thing lasted until September where we just went, fuck it, let's sack Morrison without a plan afterwards.
2: Yeah, I think like the getting rid of him thing wasn't the main issue. It was that lack of plan. But like there was optimism. I think it was kind of. Optimism with a ceiling, you know, you look at our season predictions, none of us said we were going to be in the playoffs or anything like that. I think we knew that mid-table was going to be best, but that still would have been an improvement. And it was worth, it was about building, you know, you're not going to bring in 17 players and be a cohesive unit straight away. But we, like you said, we felt like we were building like a plan. We had a way of playing, we were starting to try and find it. But we've gone backwards, like, like years, over the last couple of months, and it it feels like this isn't really rescuable by the end of the season. I think, like what Ben said there, like relegation is inevitable. Not necessarily this season. I think it's just if we if we escape it this year, that's what it is. It's an escape, and then we will be the same. You know, same next year, and the same after that. If not, like <laughs> dropping a place and a place again. And there's not always going to be a shit league like this year. There's a reason that Burnley are absolutely running away with it. It's because it's easy for them to pick up points against what is an average league. And and if we're not picking up points in this average league, we're in trouble. And that's going to continue if we don't invest in the right areas and we keep doing things on a short-term basis by hoping assistant managers can step in and become a wonder manager out of nowhere. And you you don't know, that's not a long-term plan.
0: It's not just a case of escaping this league. It's like the part of what I said with the short-term fix is like you bring Warnock in, We're back to where even if we stay up, we're back in same situation. Look, what's he seventy three, seventy four? Madness. I know managers don't stay at clubs long, but even then, there needs to be like a long term fix. Warnock's a short term manager, sort of. I think even he knows by his own admission, sort of like that way of football going is massively out of date now and not going to happen. Clubs need projects. You need to have a long term strategy at best. Every team is succeeding has had that long term strategy. Brentford are a perfect example of that. They took a few years. It was like a 10-year project that got rid of their reserve team, brought in a B team and built up that way, sort of did the money ball. Brighton, another one that sort of, okay, they spent a bit of cash, but you look at this, they've reaped the awards. Fulham went from that short-term approach to like more of a long-term approach and their project's paying off now under new ownership. Every club that does things and are moving in the right direction have a long-term approach. Palace yeah. are in the middle of doing it. Yeah. Every yeah. club is now moving away from that short-term thing, and the ones that don't tumble down the leagues. Ipswich, Sunderland did it for a few years, or so they're starting to turn things, they this slowly turning that tanker around. We've already mentioned the prime example of this. Brentford, they started this project, what,
1: 2016, 2017? That was the the first yeah. kind of and and now they're in the premier league be- beating liverpool 2-0 after beating west ham 2-0 the other day like that, that that just shows what you have to stick with and and yes they're probably lucky in the sense that it's all been relatively successful they've got promoted got promoted and come up the leagues in in relatively short short time but um it's i just yeah we, this short term hopping from short term hopping just kills the club and kills any ambition and i think to the point if if we avoid relegation this year tom you mentioned this early if we avoid relegation this year we're going to get to the summer if we're in a if we're a team fighting relegation we're not going to keep people like colin robinson all of a sudden people like rinna Mota, who came in in the summer who are good young players with that kind of long-term aim are going to be looking for other clubs that match that because we're just going to be fighting relegation again next year and an, um, embargo. And an embargo exactly so we're screwed either way but i can bring you some good news um Global 24-7 News, that trusted and loved news website, um, is reporting that David Sullivan, remember David Sullivan? He's going to come and save Cardiff City and buy us because he's selling his stake in West Ham. I have no idea where that's come from. Global twenty don't look so concerned, Ben. It's a shit news website. Don't worry about it. Um, no, I get that. I just think that he's still at West Ham. Well, I don't know. But like this is like us going back... You know, it's like us going back 10 years, isn't it? Because Sullivan was always going to save us after Haman sold us and all that kind of stuff. I'm, so.
0: all, I'm all for the Dildo Brothers coming in. All for it. That would be a right laugh. Well,
1: we've got the fucking Dildo Brothers there now, haven't we?
0: Whee! Whee. <laughs> um,
1: before we talk about the wider state of the club, I thought I'd jump to Twitter for some... Um, for some uh, light relief uh, before we get onto the darker stuff, um, geez world. Since my first game in 1969, I've never felt so dismayed about this club. On and off the park is a total disaster with no obvious recovery route. What should I do with my season ticket? Oh, it's bright and joyous in the Twitter comments. Um,
0: ben, what would you do with your season ticket? Um, nice coaster. Yeah, that's about all it's really worth at the moment, isn't it? Because like they've bought in this credit card feature that doesn't really work. Um, yeah. Coaster, um, or it's getting we've got a cold snap coming if you haven't got a oh, de icer, de yeah, perfect on the yeah. windshield. You car that lovely stuff. That, that, there you go, geez, world.
1: Uh, Brandon Arthur Thomas, one's for you. Will Cardiff score a goal in 2023?
2: Oh, I'm an optimist, so I'm going to say maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Dan Barnes there's not much to say it's hard to support this club which I don't feel is our club anymore money's always been the issue but to have the identity stripped away also what is the aim who even are we Christ two days into New Year's we're already getting existential on the podcast Um, it's got a point though uh, King K been a minute since I was here last just wanted to pop in and say holy fuck I was down when I got <laughs> rid of Morrison but this is outrageous I have no hope for the club no faith in it whatsoever and I see no sign of anything getting better sorry for the positivity Oh, my God. This is so bleak. Oliver Reese, I don't know who made the bigger mistake. Cardiff giving Hudson the full-time gig or me asking the bar in Glasgow to put the game on instead of the darts. Club's in serious trouble. Do we stick or twist? Uh, Stephen Harrison, not even sure what to say anymore. Trying to stay positive, but they are not helping. Where do you see the next win coming? Ben, are we going to win in the next couple of games? Are we
0: going to beat Leeds on Sunday? I mean, that's the one thing I could see happening is us somehow scraping a win against Leeds. Um, yeah, because they yeah. don't look particularly great either. But I could quite easily see them come in and smash us as well with their 10,000 fans, however many they're bringing. Um, we'll talk yeah, yeah, we'll talk more about that game towards the
1: end in our little preview bit. Uh, Adam Tibbs, the best thing that happened this week is that I got so drunk on the way that I don't remember any of the Coventry game. It's so depressing following the club, I'll never stop. But Jesus, it isn't fun at the moment. Uh, Tom, that kind of sums it up really, doesn't it? That one line, it's so depressing following the club, but I'll never stop.
2: Yeah, that's the problem. You can't just leave, can you? You know, It's like Hotel California.
1: You can check out you can never leave.
2: Yeah, like, you know, you you can't just switch teams or anything like that. You're stuck with Cardiff for life now. So, yeah, we'll have to just grin and bear it.
1: Uh, The common bluebird. Are the players genuinely this bad or have they just lost confidence and self-belief? One can be turned around by a new manager who is good at man management. The other is a more bleak outlook. Tom Lang, frustrating that we don't just score, uh, don't just shoot more. Coventry first, loads of half chances, but we took for the perfect goal all the time. Blackburn and QPR, truly painful to watch. Zero creativity, starting to see unrest in the camp. We can only stay positive for so long, difficult times. Um, Alex Strange, what's the least damaging way we could get out of the ownership situation? Feel like the board have mismanaged us so badly we're going to be impossible to buy or worse, go bust. Um, we, we, we'll talk about that in a, in a, brief, in a brief moment. Uh, Chris Stephen, fans voting with their feet. How often are fan protests with this current leadership? Um, ben, uh, you know, there's, there's questions that people have asked that we, we can get to in a little bit, but is it just so much apathy within the fan base at the moment that you don't see protests happening? Yeah. That's where the danger is,
0: isn't it? Um, It's not so much. Yeah. The apathy is that they just don't think there's any way out of this, do we? Like who's going to come in and save us with the situation we're in. It's been so badly handled for so many years that the only person, the only people you see coming in to buy us are mentalists. And that's the last thing you need at this situation. Um, Like the amount of protests the club have had in the years have organized very, very quickly. Um, and, yeah, there's not really talk of it because I just don't think people care enough anymore, and the club mm-hmm. should be really worried about that.
1: Jesus is so big. Karis, what could we possibly do? Tan clearly won't get a manager with experience and won't sell up. Who wants to take over as a manager or an owner? It's a death trap. Sam Hill, board's decisions yet again defy all logic. Morrison, no messiah, but it's his squad been passed down to his coaching staff, which Tan branded the results of not good enough. Hud shouldn't have been put in his position. Poor decisions, lack of investment, the inevitable may be happening. Chris the Bluebird, why is Hudson taking the blame for a shambolic, lackluster team? After today, I generally think we need an overhaul from top to bottom. Tan needs to sell. The board needs Need to be sacked. Most of the squad needs to be let go. We can't sell them because who would buy them? And we start over. Here's one for you, um, Tom. If our attack was a condiment that you put on Ben Price's kebab, what would it be?
2: Oh, oh that's a really tough one. What's the one for most me? Horrible. I was just, it'd be mayonnaise, probably. Well, mayonnaise is lovely, though. Mm-hmm.
1: Pretty bland, though, isn't it? And in, in the grand scheme of condiments.
2: Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, because it's not like it's offensive or anything. It's not something that's going to go like right up your nose or it's too hot for you or anything. It's just a bit meh. So I reckon, oh, I reckon it'd be low-salt, reduced-salt ketchup. Ben, reduced salt ketchup? <laughs> yeah, have any thinking... kebab?
0: Well, it's a better for you, isn't it? I mean, if you need one thing to make a kebab healthy, it's reduced-salt ketchup. That's the one thing that'll save it. I was thinking more that it's not so much a condiment, it's what happens with the kebab when you're pissed and you've dropped it on the floor. And there's just bits of gravel in it. <laughs> you know, like the, there's just little bits of tarmac in it. You're just going, oh, for fuck's sake. You know you're going to eat it. You know you're going to go back for more, but you will be picking bits of gravel out of it. You're just
1: It's like when you eat on the beach, isn't it? And you just get sand in your teeth and you're just going, yeah, you can feel it grinding. Um, uh, Diff MJ, how many more internal appointments are the board going to cheap out on before Tom Ramasut gets his go? I think he's next in line, isn't he, Tom?
2: I think so. I think die Hunt is three off. Um, I think we got a chance. Oh, can you imagine if our names start appearing in the odds. <laughs> you from the idiot to take over in a joint role, five hundred to one. No, I, I, that is the worrying thing, though, isn't it? It's just it is just cheap option after cheap option. Um, you know, sometimes you can look at an internal appointment as continuity, but this isn't continuity. It's just it's it's just trying to save Shit. money. And it's just not working. It's
1: lack of thought in it. Yeah. Exactly. Um... Simon Key, no easy answer, but City needs to be run by people who know more about pro football than me. I'm not convinced the board could run a bath. Uh, Golf Dweeb says we are not getting relegated. I mean, if you believe that, then... I don't think we are. I I, I don't think we are, but I don't think you can
0: categorically say we are not getting relegated. I'm properly in the mindset of I think we're going down this year. Based off these last three forms, I think there's just... And the it was not so much the performance; it's the reaction of the players. To me, I just don't think the way it's gone, and with everything sort of the way it's sort of playing out, I don't see any other outcome at the moment than us playing a league one next year.
1: I think when you look at when you look at the bottom three, right? I think Wigan could go down. I think they lost again today, four one. in the last three games they've lost. So I think Wigan might save us by being that bad. But Huddersfield is starting to get their shit together. I know they lost yesterday, but they're actually starting to score goals. And Blackpool are about to sign Josh Bowler back on loan from Nottingham Forest, who was their saviour last season. Then that just leaves Rotherham above us, who still could pull it around because you know, they've got the new manager and all that kind of stuff. I just think, for me, I see reasons for the teams below us to get out of it. Well, us at the moment, if we stick with Hudson, it could not be great. If we sack Hudson... I dread to think what would happen if we sack Hudson, like, you know, still in the embargo and all that kind of stuff. It it, it could really be bad. Um, Levi says, times are hard, but are the calls to get back Warnock short-sighted, reverting back to Brexit ball and living season to season seems madness in my eyes. Hudson out of his depth, but the problems at City run run far deeper than the manager. Is that your burner account, Ben? um george uh george L C C F C sacking hudson would be pointless as tan would hire ramassett or purse the only thing we can ask for is new owners and competent members of the board sean collins what happens next can we generally wait any longer without acting on a situation stupid idea warnock would generally keep us up that's all we can hope for with no transfers coming in sad to say but we in trouble we risk going down and out of business if this carries on alan griffiths i cannot come up with a word baffling enough to describe how the board think this is an acceptable way to run a football club clueless um luke james may be controversial but don't think the situation is as bad as globally as it seems clearly lacking a finisher but we're creating plenty of chances in quite an attractive way we'd like to see cole playing higher at the pitch that's some positivity and liam hughes asks the question ben what positions do we need to strengthen
0: um Everywhere. Goalkeeper, right back, centre back, left back, midfield, wingers, and strikers. Um It's just probably easy to say,
1: easy to say where we don't where where we we don't need to strengthen, rather than where we do need to strengthen. Um, <laughs> no
2: yeah. centre back, Difficult, possibly. It? Well, it's just, but, but, I mean, go we, on, don't own, we don't even own keep right? I think that's the problem. Is like some of our yeah. best football players aren't ours as well. And if we're going to continue to be under an embargo, that's when we you know, end up in trouble. I think like solid d- defensively, we are pretty solid. But again, like I said, I think we're paper thin. And we're a couple of injuries away from a bit of a nightmare. Um, I, I I don't think it's completely drastic. I think we need two or three players, but we're not allowed to get them now. So, <laughs> so really we need to just get the best out
0: of what we've got Hooray! You can bring one. I I think, I think looking at from what I've read you can bring one player We uh, legally now under this embargo we can bring one player in on a free okay. and it seems destined that that's, that takes us up to the 20, full 23 man squad then And that's it that isn't it you, to, you, you, you have to have,
1: That's you, you
0: can take up like you say it's, it's like a
1: ceiling isn't it so we can take us up to 23 yeah. players and then after that we can't sign anyone else but yeah, can we, so we can do you, you know if we can bring. sign players if we get rid of players no not under Because I know in,
0: in other embargoes it was.
1: Yeah, anyway. It's,
0: it's a really complicated way of going around it, and it's fucked, and we're in real trouble. Because I just think the person we're going to bring in in that one spot seems to be um, lined up to be Sean Morrison. But even that's gone a bit quiet at the moment. I think he could easily move on to someone else because the uncertainty around the club is... <laughs> Would you want to come Fucking back? Hell. We could start... <laughs>
1: Right we get the, the next the next thing we had on the podcast agenda was the general feeling around the club and the first line Ben is it's really bad at the moment um yeah. i mean we we do this podcast on a kind of weekly basis um we get lots of you know uh we get 20 25 people tw- you know on the twitter replies every week giving us their opinions and giving us their views but today's felt for the first time really like there's a consistent thread of people being really dismayed, really abject about the feeling at the club at the moment, isn't it, Ben?
0: Yeah, and it's not just on the pitch, is it? I think that's where the bad feeling, the ill will comes, is it's as much off it as it is on it. Things are shit on the pitch, don't get me wrong, but people are just as dismayed as what's going on off it, and the fact that there doesn't seem to be an obvious solution to it really makes things difficult to sort of get on board with. Um, It's a club in turmoil, isn't it? There's no sugar coating it we're in dire straits
1: <laughs> um
0: that's wonderful noise. thank you very much mate
1: it's my my despair noise um tom i mean we we talked about this today um you know we the 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 the, the, the salad news um the, the embargoes makes everything feel a bit more like groundhog day doesn't it but I, I spoke with friends over Christmas and, they, you know, people going, oh, how are Cardiff getting on? And it's like, you don't even want to talk about what's happening on the pitch because, as Ben says, everything off the pitch feels so much worse. And the seller News, Tom, I think we both discussed this today. I, I told people over Christmas that I wouldn't be surprised in a year's time if, if we're wound up over the seller News. If we're, if, we, if we're, you know, we're a football club who hates us are going to come after us for that £15 million pounds because we've been held liable for it in whichever way we want to see it. It could genuinely be the ending of this football club, couldn't it?
2: Yeah, I think that, like, like Ben said in his tweet, that's the worst thing that happened happen to us. But it's like quite a realistic worst-case scenario as well. Um, and we've got to be very, very careful here because, the, the, yeah, if we've not got success on the pitch to kind of plug that kind of financial gap, then we're going to be in big trouble if we keep appealing and appealing and the, the costs go up and up and up. Um, and I think that's the scary thing about it. So like I don't mind losing games on the pitch, but I don't want to lose my club. Yeah, um, and I think that's why people are quite apathetic about it. It almost feels like people are trying to protect themselves a little bit for what seems like an incoming doom and an inevitable, yeah. uh, inevitable one at, at that. And it, it's a really, really scary but real thought that we might not have a team to watch in three years' time. And I think, yeah, that that is the petrifying thing about all of this. You know, there's been a human life us lost, and then we might lose a club as well. And it's you know, it doesn't get worse on both of those things added together. Really, when you support a football club, um, yeah,
0: people, I like, I Ryan, um, replied to my tweet saying, sort of, let it, let it burn down and start again. Um, we go down, we start again. But yeah, that's the issue, isn't it? There's a very, very real. Pro- this is probably the most at risk this club has been since probably the what late 90s when we were sold for a fiver or whatever it was like those sort of days this club is like and that's why the club is so strong on fighting this salary appeal they're in too deep yeah. he's admitted they've admitted yeah. themselves the money's not there the club can't pay this the club pays it we go into administration at best or bankrupt at worst it's a horrific situation financially and there's no obvious way out of it on that side of side of things. Um, yeah, we go down and like going down to League One isn't this magical fix? It's not. The not sort a fucking of laugh, gold. is it?
1: But some people seem to be no, treating if,
0: it. Out. Yeah, and like people, like you've got to think of everything that goes with it. People will lose their jobs at the club. Like that's a certainty that will happen, and there's already been quite a few lost since the pandemic. Everything sort of builds up to a really, really bleak picture for the club the club can like you look at that stadium's a 35,000 seat stadium you can't afford to run that with 10,000 people in there in league 1 everything goes from there There's going to be no. The, the club will just not survive going into league 1 it's bad enough you look at like teams like Ipswich struggling to get out of it but they had, at least they had a new owner come in if our owner comes in and he's lost half his wealth since the pandemic this isn't a bloke that's sort of flush with cash he's sort of cutting his cloth to sort of save his own ass he's got other problems to worry about rather than a football club which shows it all is just a bleak, bleak picture. It's not just like, oh, it's one thing, it can get resolved, and it's fine. There's problem after problem after problem, and it's like a fucking twisted mess of a ball that you start picking at one thread to sort of get it undone, and you're stuck, you got to go somewhere else to start, and you just don't know where to begin to unpick all this and sort of get to the root cause, and that's what's going to put investors off because there is no quick fix on this. I'm hoping
1: that um, whoever writes
0: Knives Out um
1: gets Benoit Blanc on our case, because I think we'd make a really good film. Um, The Glass Onion, Cardiff City Chronicles or something. Yeah, if anyone's seen it, it's very good. Um, And Tom, you you know, Ben paints a a pretty positive picture there. Um, Things are are looking good. Um, But uh, the truth of the matter is at the moment, Tom, is that it feels like it's going to get worse before it gets better, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, It feels like we do need to kind of rebuild. and I think that... It could go either way, right? It could get worse and we just plummet. But it feels like something needs to get a little bit worse for us to build back up, but it's just a risky way of doing it. Um, Because often when things go bad at a club, that's when fans come back in a weird way. You yeah. know, you sometimes when you have People a rally. rally. Yeah, yeah, you get a rallying cry from your fans and they flood back in. But at the moment, I think that's the apathy here that feels like we wouldn't quite get that.
0: Um, that's what worries me is like there's some people like you sort of say like the Phoenix Club or whatever and you look at like AFC Wimbledon Yeah, I don't think at the moment with everything that's gone on with this ownership and everything gone on since the rebrand that the heart's there for people to do it I think if Cardiff died at the moment the way it is I don't see many people putting up a fight to bring it back I think they'd go elsewhere for it or they'd go on to different things you sort of seen with the intent since the pandemic people have moved on people have can i can deal i can do a saturday without cardiff city and yeah. that's a scary scary story it's really really sad when you sort of think about it like that that people are so put off by the way this club's been run under this regime that i don't think they'd care like they'd be sad but i don't think they'd bust a bollock to bring it back because there's been so many problems
2: i think there's plenty that would i think I, I don't think we'll get to that point. I don't think it will get that bad, like, realistically. I, I know it's a real possibility, but I just don't think we'll get that far. And I, I I think, you know, there's an apathy there at the moment because as much as I'm saying it's an impending doom, it's not, like, right. It's not tomorrow. So I yeah. think we would, we would get a little bit of a reaction. But, yes, I don't think it would have been as big as it would have been, like, 10 years ago, for example. But I I don't think we'd ever disappear or anything like that. But... You know, it's just the gen I think like segueing into what we've got coming up next. It's worrying thing. Sometimes when things are going badly in the league, you've got a cup as an escape, right? And you've got a Premier League club coming to us. One that we've got a bit of history with, we've got FA Cup drama with, and we're not getting anywhere near filling the seat for it. Um sorry,
1: are you hosting this podcast, Tom? That that was my job to segue into that bit.
2: I just it was a punk. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'll shut up. Sorry. Go on, Ben. and it's,
1: and it's nice that Tom that i so, oh shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no that, that's literally where I was going to go with this that's literally where I was going to go with that like usually we'd see the cup as an escape, and we'd have a you know we've got a Premier League club coming down and the, the thing that I've noticed that obviously Leeds have sold what six and a half thousand tickets apparently we've sold five I don't know how you know the, the veracity of that statement but Tom it's it's a neat summation of where the club is at the moment isn't it that we can't even get more fans
2: than the away team for the FA Cup game yeah, that was well put, Ben. Well done. I don't think I could have done that. No, uh, I
1: I'm so sorry. I, shut up.
2: <laughs> no, but it is, it is worried. I, obviously, it's on TV as well. I think that, you know, so some know people, it's just Sunday, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. The usual excuses. But, you know, it's Leeds, like. <laughs> it's, we it's hate Leeds. We always sing it. it. Yeah, look, they, you know, if they bring in, you can't just say, like, a Sunday's TV that's why people aren't turning up. They bring us six and a half thousand down for it. It's not like they've never played there either. It's not like no. it's a club they haven't visited in 40 years. We've played them. We played pretty- there two seasons ago, didn't we? They've got a shit yeah. record against us as well. So it's not even a place they enjoy coming. So, like, it's not like they're doing great either, is it? It's like that's oh. superb
0: support from like a club that aren't exactly flying and like, yeah, they've got their own problems at the moment. It's. Yeah, it's, it's fucking tragic, isn't it? You
2: might get a lot of walk ups, right? You do sometimes with cup games, and, but it's just a pity, you know. That that this is a game that, as a club, we normally be absolutely bouncing for, you know. It, it, you know, to get a Premier League scalp, like no yes. matter what the Premier League team is, but Leeds, like, that's that's one we should be really getting up for. And to be honest, I kind of am, but I, I'm just nowhere near the level I would have been before. But I wish we could fill it because it, you know, it, it could be a real. You know turning point for the club this season to have a bit of feel-good factor if we pick up a result here and it still might be even if there's not that many people there but it'd be great if we get to look at it you also get like
1: good money from these cup games because everyone has to buy a ticket yeah and like I, i know i know there's minimum pricing within the fa cup but like ben i just i still don't understand why the club hasn't tried to do something here to fill those seats like I, you know, I think you have to charge a certain amount for FA Cup games. I can't remember the. I think if it's at least ten pounds or whatever it
0: is. I think it's a tenner in it. They've got to charge. So, but but why,
1: why not just put them at fifteen quid or, or, or even eleven quid and just get as many people in as possible, Ben? Like, isn't that as simple as it is?
0: I think they've gone for quantity of ticket price rather than quantity of like how many tickets they sell. But you look at it; it's not like they've promoted it heavy either, is it? No, I mean, there's been.
2: you are sorry, so that I was trying to, yeah, it's not. I think you're right. I think that's the problem. The promotion, he was agreeing like, with you, it's not the prices, there's lack of promotion. Sorry, yeah,
0: yeah, there's just been no mention, there's been no build up to it. And sort of, there's it's not as if there's an iconic moment against this side in the third round of the FA Cup that they could perhaps use to build up some excitement with. with some people that are still at the club or sort of in and around the club or live locally, it's just it's easy. Fucking, stuff to do it's the basics pop up a video of scott young scoring that goal pop up an interview with him talking about it it's not difficult andy leg does anything christ if we get stuck for an interview we can always give him a call i've got it's not like you can struggle to get hold of them they're not doing a lot scott young just drove to qatar in a fucking electric car because he had nothing else to do just give him a bell just promote the fucking game but they just don't seem capable of doing it i've gone yeah one tweet in two days yeah, and, um, and going through the back, it's mental.
1: Uh, I, 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 should it's we do 20, a podcast about something else? Can we do a podcast about something else? Well, like 20 pounds, not too bad though, for Premier League. No, like, but, it, but I think also 20 pounds for a Premier League team isn't too bad. But 20 pounds in the aftermath of Christmas when people are broke in early January, just it's it, it just inhibits people even more because people might look at it and go, Oh leads in the cup I, I remember when we played them 20 years ago that could be good fun oh it's it's a cup game and cardiff aren't getting big crowds anyway i wonder how much tickets are 20 quid plus booking fee if you're a family of five that's 100 quid before you even get there like if you went if you went 10 quid a ticket a family of five could go for 50 quid still have 20 30 quid to buy food while they're there i don't know how much food is at the ccs these days it seems to fucking change on a weekly basis and then you'd you'd have change from 100 quid instead you have to go 100 quid in just before you go it's just like just make it easy for people to want to come to games
0: it gets stupider i've just spotted this and i didn't realize this so it's 20 pounds for general area ticket prices at the advance of match day so walk ups are going to be more expensive they'll probably stick like another 2 3 quid on how much do you reckon it is to go in the rico diamond suite or the premier lounge uh 150 quid it's the same price so it's the same price to go in like the nice lounges it's the <laughs> sa- it's the same price to go in the diamond suite or the Premier Lounge for so 20 quid? 20 quid. You Why go to we... the Captain's Lounge and the Morgan's, the Legends Lounge, they're upwards of 100 quid. But the Diamond, the Rico Suite, which is sort of the soft mid mid tier seats, and you get like a free program, you get a free coffee. It's a paid bar and stuff, but like the, you get like little perks. Yep, 20 quid a ticket, the same as general admission. Where's the thought? The, where is the fucking sense in that?
1: I just I I
0: have just written here should should the club be giving out free tickets. Like I like look, look this isn't me being stupid. It's on the website, say like twenty quid each.
1: Well I mean this is the end the end of the view for <laughs> an Indian. I just I, I'm just completely exasperated with you know, we can sit here and talk about who we're playing in the game on Sunday, but it doesn't fucking matter, does it? Come, like,
2: on. Come on, this club's play.
1: this club's in disarray. Uh, Tom, who are you playing in the game on su- Sunday? Is
2: Ruben Cole getting a start? That doesn't matter, does it? No. Um, um <laughs> no, you've got a like Isaac Davis and stuff coming back in. It's an ideal chance for him to have a run, isn't it? But I think you don't want to get pumped. I think you I don't want I don't think we go and rest everyone. We need to build no. a little bit of confidence as well. I think. I'd keep Robinson in the team or in and around it for sure because, you know, him bagging a goal or two is not going to do any harm. Um, but, you know, I think you you keep the core. You, you you change the keeper, you know, get Alnwick in there. Because... Alex, Alex he's not been on the bench the last few years. Yeah, games. Luther was on the bench yesterday, wasn't he? So is that an
0: injury or is that uh? Do, do we know? Well, they've not said anything about it. But I don't... I genuinely don't know. Well, this is me just sort of thinking because I thought it was strange because... Oh, what's his name? Allsop came in. Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah. And also came in sort of surprisingly, because I think the club wanted Ulsop, he d- wasn't available, then became available. Yeah. I get the feeling that Allsop came in thinking he was going to be number one. Yeah. And then sort of it's not happened. So I it genuinely wouldn't surprise me to see the club sell him on. Like you'd get a fee for him at least. And like it wouldn't surprise me to see him be one of the people that leaves either on loan or what? Permanently I'm, in
1: January. I've just searched, I searched Alnwick St Mirren just to see if there's any rumours about him. Back in April, it said he rejected Aberdeen and Hibbs um, to, to come and sign for, for us, basically. If you're someone like Hibbs, you've got David Marshall as your keeper at the moment. Marshall might be retiring at the end of the year because he's closer to 40 than he is
0: at any other age. Well, Hearts have just lost Craig Gordon. Yeah, Hearts leg. have lost Craig
1: Gordon. God, that photo was bad, by the way. Um, horrendous. His leg was like a G. Um, I think... Capital G. Um, I'll, you know, if if you're a Scottish club and you're looking for a cheap, a cheap option, and Alwick's, like you say, thought he was gonna get first team football. I could see him going back to Scotland quite easily. And then, you know, also probably go back to Derby when they get promoted as well. Um, um what's the score gonna be, Ben, against Leeds? Uh two one,
2: Scott Young with the winner. Way well, hey, and Tom? Uh nil nil, probably. <laughs> Hooray.
1: Um, and it's really exciting, isn't he it? He because, replays like, the third they
0: do
2: round replays, I think, from just the
1: just third, third round. round. I can never remember, but I'm pretty sure they do replays from the third round. Um third I think it's penalties round, up to I think it's penalties up to the first round proper. Um and then after the first round proper it becomes replays again. Um the, the the even better news is boys, is that after Leeds, which is our nice little break from league football and depression, we gotta play Wigan which is at this stage the definition of a six pointer isn't it Tom
2: oh huge but like it's, that's one of those ones where if we don't win the game it's going to be doom and gloom for the rest of the season for us but it's if we win that game then you know we do, we probably will move up a couple of places and we we can build on we've got another home game straight after it as well so no it's a massive opportunity for us to get some points on the board but if we don't i think got i think the atmosphere is going to be absolutely woeful,
1: and well, that's it. Uh, you know, Wigan at that point will only be on 24 points, which is only four points behind us. But a win takes them to within one point of us. If we lose, and then obviously Rotherham, Blackpool, or Huddersfield, one of them win below us, we drop down a place. Ben, um, I mean, what's the most optimistic thing you can say right now?
0: Um, about Cardiff well, yeah, just in general, really. But I think we need some light relief to end. On. I'm having a burrito for tea. I'm excited about that. Whoa! What's
1: in the burrito? You having ketchup on it? No.
0: Because a burrito. Um, I suppose is a bit like a Mexican kebab, isn't it? Yeah. Rice. We got some. We're doing a homemade one, so it's a bit bastardised. But I will s- s- slam some sriracha on it just because I'm wrong.
1: Lovely stuff. But yeah, that, um, that's the
0: optimism. Or the optimism for Cardiff is that the season is going to end at some stage.
1: That's true. These things do have a finite amount of time on them. Uh, Tom, earlier today, you said you were going to be positive on the podcast tonight.
2: Um, I don't think you have been that positive so far. No, I said that, and I looked at the stats, and I kind of run out of positivity pretty quickly. I think the only thing is that we've got a good defence. I said that. That was positive. Yeah, you did say, that. I did say that at one point. Um, and this team's worse than us. I did say that in the form table. So I don't think it's you know. A complete write off yet we're not down already or anything like that i think we will stay up so that's my positive note i think we'll win a couple of games over the next month or so
1: all right which games are we gonna win we're good and And...
2: looting away and looting away yeah because we we love looting away um good
1: well done everyone uh good positive pod uh, excited for Leeds on Sunday. um I mean, if you want to get involved with us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, if you like what we do and you want to contribute some money, uh, Kofi, Kofi.com forward slash VFT We do this for, I don't even know why we do this anymore. It's just like a slog <laughs> every week, isn't it? Talking about how desperate this fucking football club is. um But thank you once again to everyone who listened. Uh, happy New Year. We'll be back after the Leeds game on Sunday. Ben will be back after he's had his burrito
2: goodbye
0: they may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty but they like to talk about Cardiff City it's the view from the nitty and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. I'm